Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome an accomplished entrepreneur from Singapore, Lindsay Davis. Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Lindsay is the co-founder of Femtech Association of Asia. She's an advocate for gender equality and equity, and she's been recognized, felicitated, and awarded several times. So let's start talking about the Femtech Association of Asia. Tell me about this venture and your motivation to start it. Absolutely. And, and I think an even, even better place to start is maybe what is Femtech? Mm -hmm. So coming, <laughs> coming into this industry that feels new, but obviously women has been, have been here as, as long as time. Mm -hmm. So Femtech is the combination of uh, female and technology. So women's health and technology, the intersection of. Mm -hmm. So I work with um, businesses in this space. Yeah. So in October of 2021, the Femtech Association of Asia was launched, yeah. and we are the first which we're very proud of, but mm -hmm. we're the only, which we'd love to see more of, mm -hmm. Industry Association for Femtech in Asia. Mm -hmm. We work with entrepreneurs, founders, professionals, mm -hmm. the media, investors, and most excitingly, enthusiasts. Okay. So those who are really just passionate about women's health. Mm. So we have about 30 companies in our association, actually over that now, and we operate across eight different countries across Southeast Asia mm -hmm. and uh, a few other countries as well, South Korea and Japan, to name a couple more. Mm. We also work across 10 different categories from mm. fertility to menopause, from uh, period wellness or menstrual wellness through to diagnostics. So we wow. really have a wide range of businesses that we work with. Fabulous. And ultimately, our, our vision is to have affordable, accessible, and available healthcare for all women, especially in Asia, but moreover around the world as our ultimate vision. Amazing. And you're also in, in this amazing work meeting one of the goals of the SDG. You know, it's fantastic. Absolutely. So, uh, Lindsay, tell me, can you describe for me the members of the FAA? Absolutely. So, our members are varied, which, as I mentioned before, so we have our founders, which is really our core, our core group, and that who we are, that's who we work with for our thought leadership, really who we focus our programming on, mm. our amplification and PR of the industry, and our community building. However, it's important that we obviously have that inclusion of the broader community. And what do I mean by broader community? I mean multinationals. So for instance, we've worked with My Republic, which is a leading telecoms provider here in Southeast Asia mm -hmm. and Australia to incorporate you know, our work into their day-to-day -day and their wellness uh, programs for their employees. Mm -hmm. So you know, we do see some, some great links with the community. Um, and then, so along with our founders and our industry members, we obviously work with enthusiasts, as I mentioned as well. And those enthusiasts come to us from a range of backgrounds. So it could be, you know, investors from venture capital, people who are interested in starting their angel investing journey, mm. other, you know, founders from other tech industries, or even people from, you know, other, you know, credit card companies or, mm -hmm. or larger, you know, larger firms. So again, it's really just an all-inclusive place where people can come promote women's health, be involved in a platform that they feel like they understand and can contribute mm -hmm. to and help be a part of the tech environment, which is really exciting here in Singapore. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, your mission is to inspire and drive collaboration to accelerate the creation of more healthcare solutions for more women. Help me understand this and give me an example. Yeah. So ultimately, we believe that much like anything, um, having multiple voices and a team is going to be stronger than just one individual yelling. Mm -hmm. 
So with that in mind, we like to make sure that we are always involved in kind of our four key pillars mm -hmm. of collaboration. Mm -hmm. So the first pillar is thought leadership. So we actually launched our first consumer survey. Mm -hmm. We're focusing on Singapore to start, so one country at a time. Mm -hmm. But we're starting with our consumer survey in Singapore to just hear what women think, how they mm -hmm. manage their healthcare, what they spend on healthcare, mm -hmm. where they spend money on healthcare, and how. Right. We have our programming and events. So we do um, discussions about category-based mm -hmm. things. For instance, we did uh, a talk about, you know, we can do a talk about menopause or fertility mm -hmm. or aging. Mm -hmm. We can also do other talks around investing. So our programming is quite, quite broad. Okay. And we do a lot of partnerships in programming as well. Mm -hmm. Next, we have our amplification. So we do work with an incredibly generous and kind and enthusiastic um, PR set or media support mm -hmm. here. Everyone from, you know, Channel News Asia, Rice Media, the Business Times, everyone's been really supportive of our mission mm -hmm. and has therefore offered us coverage of what we've been doing, our thought leadership. So that amplification of our businesses is strong. Mm -hmm. And then of course the community. So fundamentally, again, we're here for our founders, we're here for the industry. So we wanna make sure that what we're providing is great for them. Amazing, amazing. And, uh... You know, since you're talking of uh, women's health, what are some of the healthcare solutions for women that have been developed through your association? Absolutely. So I'd say more than through my association, I would credit our phenomenal members who mm -hmm. are just real leaders in the tech space and women's healthcare. I'll give you a few examples. So maybe starting in Indonesia, we can take a little trip around Southeast yeah. Asia. Yeah. There's a group called or a company called Ira, Ira Concept. They do organic and sustainable menstrual products. Mm -hmm. Now, that in and of itself, spectacular. And Indonesia is a super exciting market. Mm -hmm. um, also adding on to that, though, is that level of purpose. So it's a really beautiful combination of obviously a commercial model, mm -hmm. but they did their first ever and very progressive NFT collection. Now they're selling those NFTs mm -hmm. and actually taking all of the proce proceeds to fight poverty, uh, period poverty along the uh, Thai border. Mm -hmm. So there's a real commitment, not only to a commercial success, but actually social impact, which is a really great part of Femtech. Um, in Japan, we have the women's first, uh, excuse me, the first Femtech marketplace mm -hmm. called Fermata, mm -hmm. which is very exciting. So you can see all different products from all different brands in mm -hmm. one central space mm -hmm. and also get some education and content, which is really important. Mm -hmm. In Singapore, we have a ton going on. We have two plus fertility um, who's just raised, I believe it's over $5 million now through Hannah Life Technologies, the parent company. Wow. And they're working on fertility solutions, which mm -hmm. especially with Singapore's exciting announcement of social egg freezing being allowed. We're really excited to hear there's just one more solution for fertility out there. Uh, we have SpeedDoc, which is looking at digital health. Mm -hmm. And here in Asia, especially relevant when we look at, um, you know, access to healthcare, the infrastructure, which may or may not support that mm -hmm. reach, and also the general practitioners and, um, and specialist mm -hmm. reach, which you uh, and uh, Davis spoke about from Quadria Capital. And I really mm -hmm. loved his views on that because Femtech really can be a solution for women who might not have that easy access. Mm -hmm. And then we have Ease Healthcare, building a whole ecosystem. It goes on and on. So really just a ton of exciting. Fantastic. But tell me, you work in multiple countries. Do you see the healthcare challenges for women uh, are similar or different in various countries? That's a really great question. And I would say, ultimately, what everyone in the world has in common is under-researched, mm -hmm. underserved, and underfunded. 
So when we look at underserved, uh, excuse me, under-researched, we're looking at only about 4% of R&D dollars mm. uh, going to women's healthcare issues. Okay. When we look at underserved, um, again, we're looking at um, just, you know, not having these access, not being involved in clinical trials for many years. So maybe it's just a matter of not knowing that difference right now or having that right. exposure, that difference between men and women and how they react. Mm. And there's a wonderful book I recommend um, called Invisible Women that if people mm -hmm. want to learn more about just that gender bias, it's mm. really an interesting book. And then finally, we talk about underfunded. I'm sure you've seen some of the articles, even in the past week alone, yeah. um, sharing that only two to three percent of VC funding goes to female founders. Right. Well, Femtech globally is 80% female founders. Mm. Here in Singapore, excuse me, here in Southeast Asia, we're about 90% female founders. So obviously that's a concern. Mm. Fantastic. So now let me move on and talk to you about Women's Health in Asia. Uh, what are some of the trends that you're seeing uh, in Asia in 2022? And how are some of these trends evolving uh, over the last few years? Really good question. Um, I think for Asia in particular, and perhaps a differentiator just with where we are in the maturity of the market, which mm -hmm. is very fast growing mm -hmm. and very exciting, um, but also early compared to our friends in the US mm -hmm. or even the UK and Europe, where we're seeing just a bit bigger uh, you know, tickets with funding, um, a bit of a broader um, market category base, mm -hmm. and also just the number of femtech businesses. So uh, Southeast Asia or Asia represents only about 14% of femtech businesses worldwide. So when we look at the US, we really do see that inspiration, whether it's a unicorn like Maven Clinic, mm -hmm. looking at holistic health, um, or uh, Tia, similarly, looking at a woman's uh, health journey, um, or even LV out of the UK, really inspiring. So I think when we see trends in the US, they are a little bit different than here. Mm. And over here in Asia, I think the first thing that in speaking with the members of the Femtech Association, there's a real commitment to education and community building mm -hmm. that I think is, because we're an early stage, mostly pre-seed and seed businesses, which is another, another difference there. Mm -hmm. But I think that is the first trend, just that real commitment to accelerating and expanding mm -hmm. education and content mm -hmm. for, you know, for women in the region. And when I say women, I do mean inclusive of those with women's healthcare needs who may not identify as women, of course. The second point would be around, I think there's a stronger vision for mm -hmm. holistic healthcare. Mm -hmm. And so by that, I mean, I think people aren't just looking, or I shouldn't say people, companies and founders aren't just saying, okay, I'm just going to do one part. I'm not just going to come in as East Healthcare, which is a phenomenal company mm -hmm. here based out of Singapore. Mm -hmm. And they're not just looking at, you know, STI care from home and mm -hmm. testing from home. Mm -hmm. They've moved into blood work testing. They've look at, they're looking at preventative supplements for, for infections, UTI infections. They're look, you know, they're really broadening um, their, their base of products. So I think what they see is the opportunity for this incredible ecosystem mm -hmm. to be owned by you know, a company and trying to really expand, uh, expand the verticals, expand horizontally. Right. So that's really exciting here as a trend. Yeah. Very I think, in, yeah, increased fundraising, I mm -hmm. would say as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then expansion in the region as well. People moving into companies, excuse me, not well, people as well, but companies mm -hmm. moving into other regions. That's it. 
And uh, when you look at uh, different generations, you know, the millennials, the Gen Zs, uh, do you see a difference uh, in their healthcare uh, needs as compared to the Gen X and the boomers? So I'm not sure if it's the needs, and I'll answer this anecdotally because I always find it a really interesting question because I am so inspired and excited mm. by millennials and Gen Z because I think the discussion and the ownership of health is, is so much more transparent. So I think people really do feel comfortable saying, I need the day off work. I'm suffering from menstrual cramps, mm. or, you know, if someone is suffering from fertility issues, it doesn't have to be swept under the rug. And right. I think the whole concept of, I don't just have to live with this. Mm. This isn't just, I have to deal with it. Sure. There are, you know, there are options and, and why there's not, while there's not a solution for everything, there mm. are steps we can take. And I think I'm grateful for younger generations really leading mm. um, through their consumer demands and owning their voice. And, um, you know, an example would be 29% where we are in our survey right now, we're still collecting responses, but as of right now, 25% of, of women in Singapore say that they'd like to take better care of their health, but they don't know how. So they're clearly looking for those solutions. Mm. And if a, if a country as developed as Singapore has this response, I can imagine what it would be like in other parts of Asia. Exactly. And that's where the education comes in. It's, it's if you don't know that this is even a, a problem, maybe you don't even know that it's a problem, or maybe you don't know that it's something some, some other people suffer from, or, you know, if there's a stigma associated. So I think this is what's really neat about the Femtech Association is bringing together these companies that can have a, a wider and stronger voice to reach more women and say, you know, we, ha we have options okay. as women. No, and what, what is amazing, uh, Lindsay, is that the younger generation and people like your like the, your FFA, uh, FAA are what they're doing is they're bringing a voice to a lot of the women's health issues, which earlier were never spoken about. That's so true. It's absolutely true. And, and I think it's we're seeing it even with, you know, I noticed it the other day, I saw a young lady carrying a canvas bag mm -hmm. and on the side of it, it had the name of a femtech brand. Wow. And I thought, oh, that's really exciting because a few years ago, maybe someone would have said, well, I don't want people to see that I'm so open about my menstrual care. Right. Do you know what I mean? And I thought that's exactly what we need is for people to you talk about these things openly and normalize the conversation. Absolutely. And moreover, from the association perspective, I see it as a huge business opportunity. Correct. So I love for investors to see that there's a whole 50% of the world that's just waiting to have solutions for them that we can invest in. Absolutely. Because something which is an absolutely normal body function seems to have over the last few hundred years become some kind of a taboo. And I'm so glad this is changing. Thank you. I love that perspective. Clearly an ally on the phone with me right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. <laughs> moving on, Lindsay, uh, how does diversity and inclusion play a role in femtech? Yeah, I think, first of all, I think we're really fortunate in that whilst we are women all around the world, or again, those with healthcare needs, as I say, um, women's healthcare needs, I think what's really great is that we are also a very diverse community. Mm -hmm. Our, our, our healthcare needs are different. Mm. Our challenges are different. Our experiences are different. Correct. And our healthcare is different. So whether it's insurance, you know, or national care, you know, there's so many different, you know, Absolutely. elements. Mm. So when I look at diversity and inclusion, I think, first of all, I like to think of diversity around maybe age. Right. So it's saying that we don't just focus on childbearing age, but we look to menopause, hormonal health, 
and, and, you know, an older generation and say, there's again, a whole group and a whole, you know, a whole group of women that aren't really spoken with, you know, and, and, and that is that generation. I think when I look at diversity and inclusion, I think it's important to note, as I've mentioned a couple of times on this call, but we believe strongly in it, mm-hmm. that it's not just about women who get their period. We say menstruators because the idea, and I learned that from my friend Shivangi Bagri, who mm-hmm. launched True Cup. Mm-hmm. And, and she explained it very well and just said simply, women are not the only ones who menstruate. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's absolutely right. And there we go. It's even inclusive language. And we really want femtech to be for everyone. Mm-hmm. Even as I mentioned earlier, you're an ally. We need men to be involved. In Correct. the Femtech Association, 43% of our businesses also sell to men. Wow. So it's not just women. They also sell to men, whether it's a man buying uh, menstrual care products for his wife or, you know, sexual um, testing, sexual health testing for a girlfriend, you know, there, there is a community that we need to build around femtech. Mm, well said, well said. And, you know, given the fact that you moved uh, from uh, the UK, what has surprised you the most about femtech in Asia? That is a great question. And I, I you know, and, and now having lived in several countries, which I feel very fortunate to have done, as it sounds like you have as well. So we mm. definitely have that in common. Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest thing that surprised me was less about the geography and more about the industry. Mm. And by that, I would say I've worked in a few different industries. I've worked in, you know, the, the advertising industry. I've worked in the luxury industry for many years. Um, and always have had an amazing time with amazing people. Mm. What's really exciting about the femtech space is because it is so, and I use new with quotes because obviously it's not new. Women's healthcare okay. needs to have been around. Absolutely. But the acknowledgement of it um, and the participation in it, it's a phenomenally collaborative group of people. Mm. And I say that in that just about anyone I've reached out to in the whole world to talk about femtech or what they're working on or what they're doing or their next project hundred percent of the time I've had response, mm-hmm. 100% of the time I've had, people have given me their time. Mm-hmm. So I just really want to credit and compliment the femtech industry with being probably the most um, collaborative industry I've ever worked in. They're, they're, it's an amazing group of people globally. Wow. wow. So I have time for two more questions, Lindsay. My next question to you is on culture. Okay. Uh, I have always seen, uh, and I'm 65 years old around the world, that uh, Culture has always somehow or the other had an impact on the way women are able to uh, communicate, live, explain their challenges in different countries and in different communities. What is your experience, given the fact that you're working in so many different countries, on how culture is impacting femtech? That is a really great question. I would say... First of all, when I again, I'm going to go back to the US as the example. I think culturally we do see, and I just think it's the stage of the market, maybe even less culture, because again, going back to our, our millennials and our, our Gen Zs, super exciting with you know digital life. It's online. So mm-hmm. no one is truly just the citizen of their own country. They're the okay. citizen of the world. Okay. So I think I, I will look to the US and say. We, we are seeing, you know, kind of broader partnerships there with more products being, you know, being um, put into, you know, your Sephora's or your retail stores. Mm-hmm. Um, we see more funding, uh, funding activity mm-hmm. um, in, in other regions. So I would say when it comes to looking at different markets, it's mainly just the stage of the market, mm-hmm. but certainly not the potential, because I truly believe 
that there's a ton of potential in this market. Mm -hmm. The highest number of internet users, you know, on, on any continent. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, an, a, just a really, um, you know, phenomenal investment um, momentum here. By that, I mean McKinsey recently, or last year, I should say, in, in 2021, they shared that 44% of digital health um, investment from private equity and venture capital is being done into Asia. Mm -hmm. Granted, Femtech is only seeing about 3% of that digital health funding, but the momentum is in Asia, and that really excites me about being here. Wonderful. And my last question to you, and this is for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation. Based on your amazing journey and your uh, work with the, in founding Femtech Association of India, what would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away from your learnings and from our conversation? All right. So, so first lesson um, mm -hmm. or first takeaway, I would say, is I'm a very action-oriented person. Mm -hmm. um, I, I believe, obviously, in thoughtful action and not just pushing forward. But I do believe in, in the idea of taking small steps mm -hmm. and maybe having to pivot and maybe having to change the direction of those steps. Yeah. But I think taking a few small steps mm -hmm. is, is, is at least moving versus standing still and just always thinking about taking steps. So I'd say take the small steps. Okay. Um, secondly, I think Jing Jin, who was on your, your podcast yeah. uh, or videocast, I should say a few weeks ago from Zaza Zoo, yeah. um, one of the, the leading sexual wellness and health brands here mm. in, in Asia. I think she said the same thing, and or at least we've talked about it before offline, mm -hmm. is really surrounding yourself with good people, people yeah. who inspire you, people who you learn from and people yeah. who you can give back to. Yeah. So people who really energize you. Yeah. Finally, because I work in femtech, it would yeah. behoove me to say, take care of your health. So the third lesson I would say is your health is your wealth. If you don't have good health, it's very hard to take care of your business, your family, your friends, um, and, and every other part of your life. So please, everyone, take care of your health as the most important thing. Fantastic. Fantastic. On that note, Lindsay, thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for your amazing three pieces of advice or three lessons be action-oriented, take small steps and pivot if required, surround yourself with good people and finally take good care of your health. Thank you for speaking to me. Thank you for talking to me about the Femtech Association and the wonderful work that you're doing in 10 different countries. Thank you for talking to me about women's health in Asia and some of the challenges. And I'm sure, I mean, as you develop FAA, you'll suddenly see what a difference you're making in the lives of women. And it's often been said, when you educate a woman, you educated a family. When you look after a woman's health, you look after a woman's, uh, look after the woman's family. Thank you again for speaking to me and good luck to you. Thank you very much for having me. Have a wonderful day and thank you to all your listeners. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.